With the news media reporting increasingly more data breaches and cybersecurity events and the use of personal data in ways that invade people's privacy, you need to know how to keep your business's data, not to mention your own personal data, safe from hacks and your business operating in the most secure environment. Otherwise, this can not only hurt your business reputation, it can cost you clients. Welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. We're here to help you prevent potential damages and losses before the hackers even have your number. Now, here is the Privacy Professor and your host, Rebecca Harold. Hello and welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. I'm Rebecca Harold, your host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the 116th episode of my show. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or whatever your favorite podcast or news app is. Also, please subscribe to my show on the Voice America Business Channel website. Why? Because then you'll be notified just as soon as each new show is available. Thank you to all my listeners everywhere out there in the world. I sincerely appreciate you in all of the now 82 countries where you're located. Thank you for sending all your messages. Please keep them coming. I love getting your messages. My October Privacy Professor Tips message was published at the end of September. Sign up for them by going to privacysecuritybrainiacs.com and submitting your email in the box on your screen. And they are free, as they've always been since 2005. My entire career, I have been advocating for more and more effective security and privacy education, not just for adults, but also for within our school systems, And from the time children have computing devices in their hands up through their elementary and secondary education, all levels of college and trade schools and throughout our lives. And I know there are a lot of listeners out there who are in high school and in college and that you listen to my show as part of your classes. And I think that's so cool. Education should never end when it comes to security and privacy. Because whether you like it or not, we are all, each and every one of us, living in a world where there are increasingly more security and privacy risks and hostile and or deceptive entities and people and criminals and others who are going to try to do harm if they get their hands on our personal data or if they get any other type of access to it. Everyone needs to have a basic awareness and understanding of the risks. For example, I provide education to some independent living and rest home facilities. Now, not only to the staff, but I also provide different training to their residents for topics such as how not to be a victim of romance scammers. Now, these facilities have indicated that their residents have really appreciated having that education 
very much because they view it as being very helpful to their personal lives, which it should be, right? Any education should improve our our personal lives. Another way to obtain and maintain such ongoing education awareness is through conferences. And I am so excited to be attending the CornCon event for the very first time during the first week in October in Davenport, Iowa. Now, we're we're obviously recording this ahead of time, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that. That's in a couple of weeks uh, from the time we're recording this show. I will also be delivering a talk there, which I've titled It's Not Always a Rattlesnake Just Because It Rattles. Everything I learned about risk management, I learned on the farm. And I'm calling it that because I've grown up on and have lived on a farm most of my life. What I love about what I know about the event, uh, of course, I've not attended it yet, is that it not only provides education for adults involved in security and IT and privacy and having obligations and responsibilities for those issues, but it also offers educational activities for children and teens. And today I'm so excited to visit with the founder of CornCon, Dr. John Johnson. Dr. Johnson has held leadership roles in cybersecurity in government, consulting, and industry since 1996. John is the CEO of Aligned Security, and he provides virtual CISO services and serves on several industry advisory boards. Dr. Johnson is the founder and president of Docent Institute, a nonprofit educational charity focused on cybersecurity outreach for students, professionals, and the public. John has served on multiple security conference committees, and he founded CornCon in 2015. See much more about Dr. John Johnson in his bio on my data security and privacy show page on the Voice America website. John, thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome to my show. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm excited to be here. This is uh, um, this is going to be fun. I, I I really enjoyed your opening. Um, you know, it's funny when you you know the I think seniors and little kids who get their electronic devices when they're you know barely out of the cradle mm-hmm. um, have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and, that's uh, you mentioned. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just agreeing with you. I mean, I've I've noticed that too, but I'm so glad you pointed that out. Well, the um, my my grandson was born. He's a corn con baby. He was born um, <laughs> in 2015, right before our first corn con, and uh, and so here he was, boy, uh, you know, two years old, um, and he and my seven-year-old nephew are sitting at breakfast and they're both on iPads mm-hmm. and he, my, my grandson can't read yet. He's very young, but when there's a pop-up that gets in front of his farm simulator or whatever game he's playing on the iPad, mm-hmm. um, it, it comes up and he immediately stabs at it until it goes away. <laughs> so 
he, he knows, I don't want this here. I can't read what it is, but I know if I click this button, it'll go away. And I, I just think that that's indicative of a lot of, a lot of the public doesn't, they don't know how to, uh, they don't know the issues around cybersecurity and privacy necessarily, or they don't think about them. And I think that's our job to make them think about them. Um, but they know what they like and if it's convenient or if it gets in their way. And, uh, you know, I think that's the perfect example of sort of shadow IT for the seniors and the, and the kids is um, if, if something is, is too difficult, if there's too much friction, then they're going to go around it. And uh, so I think, I think we really have a, a very important role. Um, and in addition, you mentioned the romance scams yes. uh, for, the, for the seniors. And it just makes, it, it kind of brings me back to my, my first uh, role at, at John Deere in 1999 uh, when I was tasked with managing the I love you virus outbreak where everybody got this email that had a virus and, uh, and it said, I love you. And of course, all of us IT folks want to know, Hey, there's somebody out there that loves us. <laughs> yeah. Who's this? <laughs> so everybody falls for it. You know, it's just, we have to just continue to do more to educate and raise awareness. So. Absolutely. And you know, to your point about not wanting security to get in the way, I absolutely agree. But also I would like to add to that people, you know, kids, um, seniors, everybody. They don't want security to get in their way, but at the same time, they want security. They want the security to be there. They want their privacy to be protected, but they just don't want it to get in their way. And that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of reiterating in a different way what you were saying and the fact that they want to know more so that they can help to accomplish that. But yeah. I'm I'm wondering, John, so, you know, I love the fact that uh, you worked at John Deere, and I could talk about tractors with you all all day, (laughs) because I've driven a lot of John Deere products, not just tractors, but end loaders and everything else. But um, I'm wondering, how did you get to being a cybersecurity professional? Because like I mentioned at the beginning, we have a lot of folks listening who, you know, are, are thinking about going into cybersecurity and they're in high school or they're in college or maybe they're looking for a new career? Well, I, I'd say that it, it, uh, it varies. The, the, those of us who started, you know, uh, a long time ago, uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, um, we were using uh, paper. We didn't have to use stone tablets anymore back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, uh, in the in the 90s, I would say you had to be a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. You you had to understand IT. You had to understand protocols. You 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 did backups. You were a sysadmin. You wore many hats, mm-hmm. and so you got a very broad uh, experience across the spectrum of what's going on with IT and technology. And I think that's where some of us who started you know, 20 or 30 years ago, that's where we came from. Now, the, the, you know, we're still a young industry, cybersecurity, mm-hmm. but I think that we've matured enough and, and formalized enough that there are educational programs out there. There are good certification programs to demonstrate that, that you can do what you need to do, and, and maybe that'll help you get, you know, your next job. But, uh, yeah, I think that the situation today has, has changed but at the core, if I can pick out something that's really similar between today and 
and when I started, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really about your your desire to help society to solve problems, and uh, your aptitude. You know, it's aptitude and attitude is is I don't know. I'll make a number up. Ninety percent of what really matters because we can teach technical stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we can find a role. There are lots of roles in the cybersecurity tent for people. Um, not everyone wears a hoodie and and sits in a basement. You know, their parents' basement hacking. Right? That's that's mm-hmm. an old stereotype. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's room for everybody um, in the cybersecurity tent. And and uh, so I really. In, encourage people whatever their path is whether it's more of a traditional college path or a less traditional path through uh, on the job experience um, and a lot of community colleges have really excellent two-year programs that can get you uh, employed in your own community in a decent job um, after after about two years so there, there are a lot of different paths that people will take and uh, I think because you know, conferences you mentioned, mm-hmm. going to conferences, connecting with people, networking. You come to my conference and you have an opportunity to meet a lot of people who were very foundational in building the cybersecurity industry that we have today. Um, I bring in my friends who are keynote speakers and experts from all over the country, sometimes other countries, uh, to speak here in Iowa. So um, an event like this, and there are lots of local uh, cons that are out there in different communities it is really an opportunity for for students to uh, um, to to find a mentor to to network and meet people and uh, and help to define what their cyber career path is going to look like I like how you pointed out too about helping if you like to help people, if you like to help improve people, cybersecurity is a good way to do that because everything, it's always changing. That's what I love about working in cybersecurity and privacy because I've always liked to know about the new techs, the new threats and everything else. And and it's it's just fun and to learn about, but at the same time, it's fun to help people because, you know, that, that gives you a good feeling inside, right? And if I might offer, too, uh, a, an example of my own sons, when they were young, they were both born at the end of the 1990s, but in the early 2000s, they each had their own um, I, uh, MacBook and I would take them war driving through the countryside of Madison County, Iowa during harvest season, and we would use Wiggly. Well, I, I didn't have them using Wiggly then. They were using the native um, MacBook uh, tool to find open access points. And even back then, the, jo- the, the farmers in the fields, you know, harvesting corn and beans were using GPSs that that had access points that were accessible and were found. And so, you know, even back then, before we were at the point we are today, there were still wireless threats to the the farmers that I spoke a lot to them explaining, I could have screwed up your harvest by just changing the coordinates of where you needed to go on your field, you know, because a lot of them would depend upon the GPS to do that. But... Um, anyway, yeah, I, I love that. And, and when I heard about your conference, CornCon, you know, silly me, I thought, oh, this is going to be a conference about cybersecurity 
in farming. And I'm completely wrong about that, aren't I? I mean, that might be part of it, but, but what motivated you to establish CornCon and, you know, what, what's the background on, on the name of it? I think that, uh, you know, we wanted something that was going to be a catchy, little edgy, funny, Mm -hmm. uh, name for a conference. And when I think about the Quad Cities, not most people don't know what the Quad Cities are. Quad Cities are, are here on the eastern edge of Iowa. And so we have uh, towns that are in Iowa and towns that are in uh, Illinois uh, that make up what we call the Quad City region, which is about 400,000 in the greater you know, uh, metropolitan area, if you call this a metropolis. And so uh, we're about halfway between Chicago and Des Moines. And the river actually bends and goes backwards from east to west here as, and it, goes, as it goes south, right? And just so that our listeners know the river, especially those outside of the U.S., that's the Mississippi River. So I think yeah. most people have heard of the Mississippi River. It's a cool, wide, deep river. Well, deep in some places. It's, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, you know that was a built a big boundary to build bridges across the Mississippi when we when we moved west, right? Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Crooked River Con or you know, Iowa Con. We we didn't want to do a, a B sides. We wanted to do something that was. I wanted to do something special and unique, and uh, and because I'd been putting on the kids program roots at DefCon for ten years. I wanted to include um, a kids program. And so we always try to break the kids out. And in some venues, they've been kind of, um, you know, we've been packed together. At, at the university where we started out, it was it was great because they would give us the space for free. We'd partner with the, the university. But um, we were all, we really outgrew that venue. And so there were, you know, 100 kids and a couple hundred adults jammed into this. Wow. Uh, small conference space and so now we're at a larger convention center but anyhow um i I couldn't think of anything that was really unique and i go well corn right is is something that people think of in the midwest Mm -hmm. and i'm a i'm i'm kind of have a corny sense of humor so i thought well this is something that we can we can play off of there are many bad puns that will come from this but i think that that does sometimes cast a light of oh, is this really a serious conference? And to your point, yes, I love to have agriculture included in the presentation or talking about how to, how to secure um, you know, machinery and equipment. Uh, I try to include more in IoT and OT, right? So that the operational technology, the, the control systems and the, the equipment that we use in a production line in a factory or uh, in an oil field, right? Um, and, and so it really is across the board, our topics. And I just kind of wrote down a little list of things that I saw on the agenda. We have people coming in to talk about, uh, new threats, risk management, sec DevOps, software security, um, how to get your company certified in something like CMMC. We have a lot of AI theme talks because our theme this year is the rise of AI. And so these talks could be to educate people and cut through the hype and the FUD about what AI really is and, and how it can be used and what are the risks and opportunities. Uh, but at the same time, we have AI 
in the context of how can that benefit us from a cybersecurity point of view? Um, how can we use AI? Um, how can AI threaten our privacy? How can AI help to protect our privacy, right? So um, cyber insurance, forensics, incident response, the new SEC guidance for boards of directors. Um, we have CISO panels. We have a CISO summit on Thursday. Uh, security awareness. Um, war in the metaverse. Wing Schwartow is coming to speak. Um, and then uh, we have an, uh, an expo with about 20 vendors. We'll have societies there um, like InfraGuard and IEEE, ISSA, Women in Cybersecurity, um, Cyberjutsu, just a lot of different activities. And uh, every night we have fun uh, after hours networking opportunities. So CornCon is really a full-fledged, you know, we have, we have the enterprise folks that come from the large Fortune 500s. We have the small to medium-sized companies and, and Midwest manufacturing. Uh, and we have, uh, um, we have students and teachers. We have the public. And we have, uh, you know, just professionals from from all areas and hackers and researchers who you know come in to to participate. So we want we want to have a big tent and we want to uh, just build a really fun um, and uh, sharing community uh, around cybersecurity and privacy and and the ethical use of technology here in the Midwest. You know. And I love that. I love that you're that so many are coming here from other locations, especially huge urban areas, right? Um, but I'm kind of nervous in a way. I've talked. I've given you know hundreds of you know of talks over the years, but I've never talked about my personal life as part of what I'm talking about. I mean, I talk about my professional personal experiences right but this is a little different for me because i've never seen uh i've I've never thought that a lot of folks would maybe care about that's not the right word but i'm going to be talking about growing up on a farm and and running a farm which i've done you know worked on actively up until just a few years ago so hopefully I'm hoping it'll be somewhat entertaining, John. <laughs> Give me some oh, some support here because what because as I was thinking about it, what to talk about, I thought you know really, farmers are the first risk management professionals in the world because if growing up, everything you do from the time you get up until the time you go to bed is managing risk and making the right decisions based upon your understanding of whatever it is that you're doing that day, if it's with livestock or crops or whatever, um, or, you know, what you're working with. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a fun talk. And, and hopefully, <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm kind of nervous about it because I haven't talked about my personal life and being a, a the privacy professor, it's like, oh, I'm getting into my privacy. So hopefully well, it'll be okay. Yeah. Don't don't share your credit card number and your social security number. But um, I think I don't it, use I that on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you, you can you can say which farm animals you like the most and things like that. The uh, I think this will resonate with the audience. I think that it's a shared experience that a lot of us in the Midwest have, either directly <laughs> or through a family member. One of the nicest things about when I worked for John Deere 
Um, and they're a great company with a great mission because, mm-hmm. you know, we're heading towards 9 billion people on this planet and we don't have more arable land to, uh, to grow food. So we need to be more efficient in how we grow food, right? And so mm-hmm. the a- agriculture and, um, and food are, are really critical. <laughs> you know, we don't do well if we don't have, you know, uh, food for very long, right? So that's a that's a real important area, and I think agriculture is uh, is an area that had kind of not been in the forefront. The the companies, the banks, right? You know, get a lot of attention, but I think this is very very important. So uh, I think your presentation will be well received. I hope so. I hope so. So, uh, and I'll count on you to give me some. Uh, direct feedback afterward, because I'm going to get into a lot of things that I uh, I made mistakes as, especially as a as a very young girl on the farm. But hopefully, it'll be funny too at the same time. Um, we're coming up on a break here in a little bit, but I guess just really quickly, you did mention that it was you held the first corn con, I think, at a, a university in a a meeting room. There was that in Davenport as well, or was that in a different city? Yeah, we were at St. Ambrose University, and uh, the the professors that I worked with are mostly have mostly retired now. Um, but uh, uh, we had a classroom building, and we had two tracks. It was one day, and the upstairs in the classroom building is where we had the kids' activities. And so, just just to quickly give you a few of the activities before we break. Um, it, some of the central activities were code code breaking, um, soldering. Uh, this year, the kids will receive uh, a really cool electronic badge. It's our VIP badge that the adults buy with the VIP ticket and that our speakers all get, which uh, plays a Simon game, and they can match it up with a friend and play against them. So cool. this is a really cool electronic badge. They have to solder it. Um, oh. We have lock picking. And we have, uh, I'm trying to, I'm putting together uh, classes or, or sessions on what is AI to get past, you know, AI, talk about misinformation. Yeah. Um, we have coding. It's just, there are a lot of fun kid activities. Cool. Let's pick that up for right there when we come back. But right now it's time for a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Today I'm discussing CornCon and cybersecurity education in general with the founder of CornCon, cybersecurity expert and educator, Dr. John Johnson. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, the privacy professor. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after these important messages from my sponsors. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. The Privacy Security Brainiacs team wants everyone responsible for security, privacy, and compliance to stay up to date with the latest news, risks, and security and privacy practices. Check out their growing library of topics not offered by others. Privacy Security Brainiacs also wants every business to perform automated risk assessments, which are free or value-priced for all types of security and privacy topics. You need to find out more about Privacy Security Brainiacs. Visit privacysecuritybrainiacs.com. 
The Privacy Professor is your trusted source for effective information security, privacy and compliance advice, compliance tools, education, consulting, expert witness services, research, report writing, and board positions. Visit us online at privacyguidance.com. Rebecca also provides keynote speeches and her free Privacy Professor monthly tips messages she has published since 2007. Visit privacyguidance.com for help and answers to your questions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. If you have a question or comment about the program, feel free to send an email to Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. That's Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Now, back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Welcome back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor on Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, and today I'm discussing CornCon and cybersecurity education in general with the founder of CornCon, cybersecurity expert and educator, Dr. John Johnson. So, John, before we went to break, you were talking about some of the the kids' uh, activities at the conference, and you're talking about, you know, soldering on their their name tag and also breaking code. So do you have other uh, examples that you could share with us? Um, we like to have this, we, we kind of consider this both a hacking uh, camp for the kids and a STEM festival because what we're trying to do, and, and we get, you know, uh, you know, five-year-olds that show up and have fun and play games and pick locks and all the way up through high school students uh, for, for our um, kids hacker camp, which we call the children of the corn con. <laughs> and, and so, so there, uh, we actually are still trying to pull together uh, some activities. I have one on AI because I want kids to understand what do these terms mean? What is AI? What are the different AI tools that are out there? And how can I, you know, become a prompt engineer and learn how to use these effectively? And, and, and how can I be discerning and use critical thinking when mm-hmm. I'm out there connecting to the Internet, you know, sharing my information, right, my personal information, and, uh, and you know, connecting my devices um, it, from a young age, try to get them aware of, safety and security online uh, and also get them interested in cybersecurity is really, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we do mm-hmm. and there are many roles uh, in cybersecurity and it's don't, it's not just one stereotype anymore. Now we have people who want to do governance and, and audit and policies and, um, and, you know, we do have people who want to do, you know, be a SOC analyst or, uh, reverse engineer malware and things like that. So there can be very, very technical, and then there can be much more uh, um, social and outgoing aspects. Um, we've we've matured a lot in the because the threat landscape has has grown so much and, and is accelerating. Um, not you know I, I mentioned earlier in the in the other segment that when I started, 
um, I had to know everything about everything. Mm-hmm. But our field was narrow enough at the time that you could pretty much do that. And today it's broadened so much that it's good to be aware of across the board, but very few people are going to have deep knowledge uh, across all the different uh, areas in cybersecurity. So anyhow, um, as far as the kids go, um, you know, we just try to get these kids, uh, you know, they're they're enthusiastic, they've got their parents with them and uh, put them in front of some of our interesting speakers to ask questions. Last thing I want to do is is lecture to them or, you know, attack them with PowerPoints on a Saturday morning. Right. So we just try to make it all, you know, fun activities. And uh, my, my, my goal is to uh, figure out how I can scale this online so that other communities, teachers, parents can take these activities and put them on uh, on their own. I love that. And, you know, I might also add, too, even if – even if you don't want to be a cybersecurity professional, you still need to know those concepts for whatever profession you're going to be in. For So, for example, one of my sons is actually, uh, he's been now for a year and a half, a development engineer at John Deere. But he was also that kid, one of the kids that uh, was in the backseat of my car war driving at to see where the open access points were and GPSs for the guys who were driving the John Deere tractors. And, of course, they were using add-on tools for the GPS. But, you know, I've always emphasized to him, even if you're an engineer, you still need to understand cybersecurity so that you can build it in from the very beginning or at least ensure it's built in to your designs that you're creating new equipment for. So... I, th- I think it's great that you're providing this opportunity for so many kids. Well, you mentioned seniors, and we haven't really gotten to, you know, developing activities with seniors yet. Um, mm. Although we talked about the, the there's a real overlap and, and a lot of similarities. Um, but with with the young kids, if you go to the well, let, let's start with adults. You go to the average American and you say cybersecurity, their eyes are going to gloss over. Yeah. And they're they're going to go deaf and they're going to well, it's like kind of like going to your board, you know, 10 or 20 years ago and trying to talk about cybersecurity and, you know, uh, how many vulnerabilities we have and things like that. And they, they're just like, I don't understand this and I don't want to hear this. You know, this isn't relevant to me. Tell me, you know, in, in terms of dollars or something that, you know, is uh, mm-hmm. is more tangible to the business. Um, but the, the general public. Uh, thinks that cybersecurity is unapproachable and terribly difficult. They can't understand it, but they can, right? And this isn't, it's not rocket science. I've been, I've done rocket science. That was my previous career at Los Alamos, but uh, it's, uh, it's something that is approachable. And I think that's why these activities like, you know, talking about AI, talking about cybersecurity with the young kids, they, they learn what the words mean and they go, Oh Yeah. I understand that. That's that. That's a concept that I can understand, and so uh, we break through to them before they get older, and get to the point where, as soon as you start to talk about technology, you know their minds go elsewhere. Um, it's just because they think that it's too complicated. So, and that's sort of the approach to STEM in general. Because by the time uh, boys and girls get into middle school. 
they're starting to break up into cliques, right? And and mm-hmm. so, oh, it's not cool to be geeky and like technology or or you know math and science and things like that. And I I think that we uh, have an opportunity to break that stigma and get more kids interested, and maybe they'll stick with it and and make cybersecurity a career. Yes, yes, a career. Hopefully, if not career at least use it in their career that's right appropriately um talking about that and having impact so there's also the adults that are attending and i'm sure that throughout the years since 2015 you've probably had some pretty memorable sessions at corncon can you talk about maybe one possibly two different memorable session has somebody done something that everybody was just like what is going on here you know well, I've brought in some, some really good speakers, and, and let me just clarify that we have our kids program in a different building than the adult program. They're segmented off, okay, um, and so it is not a f- festival where there are lots of kids running around. The kids are, have their activities, cool. and then the adult conference is an adult conference, and uh, I think there's been kind of an economy to pull them together and do them at the same time, because while we've got all the attention and, and um, all the volunteers, we we could um, do it more effectively that way. On the adult side, though, we really do have, you know, the best, I've tried to bring the best of B-sides and, and RSA conference and, uh, you know, DEF CON and Black Hat and, and all these different things that I've done in the past uh, together to make it a, 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 a curated special event. I have friends who are, you know, um, bending over backwards, literally, you know, taking red eyes and, and having very uncomfortable travel just so that they can get from one event to my event to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that means a lot. And so people have the personalities, I think, have mostly made the presentations memorable. Um, we have, you know, uh, Ira Winkler who will be back this year. Um, some of you may know who Ira is. Ira is a, a, a great speaker, uh, very energetic, and uh, um, you can put him after lunch and nobody's going to fall asleep. <laughs> and so he's got, he has great uh, stories. Um, we were going to do a roast of Ira this year. So oh. I think that we'll start a corn con kind of uh you know, John Johnson, Dean Martin roast kind of thing uh, <laughs> next year for CornCon 10. But uh, but this year, um, we're not going to be able to do that. But I will be here. When Schwartow comes, Wynn's a very powerful uh, speaker. I would say probably the, the, the most out there is because I think it's important to me to stretch the mind of my attendees. I want them to think outside of their comfort zone. Think about extremes, right? Mm-hmm. Probably not going to have Skynet. AI is not going to rise up and, and overthrow humanity, probably. Um, but we need to think about the extreme risks on one side and then the, all the opportunities because they go hand in hand. And often we don't think about the unintended uses and consequences of technology. So a- anyhow, um, I had Richard Thiem um, gave a couple keynotes over the years and one was on biohacking. So he talked a lot about how people were already starting to incorporate um, computers and machinery and sensors into the human body. 
yes to to, to augment our uh, our capabilities. And uh, I think that was really one of those that was far out for people. Um, and the other was because he wrote a a, a tome on uh, um, UFOs or UAPs, oh, as they're yeah. called now. And so we had the talking about UFO talk. Um, I think that was the year that we had, I think it was CornCon 2, The Wrath of Corn, um, <laughs> uh, that, that we had him speak on that. Um, so, yeah, so we've, we, we have uh, panels with people who have divergent views and disagree, um, mm-hmm. but everybody at the end of the day is, uh, is civil and we raise a glass at the end of the day and, and, uh, um, and all get along. And it's, uh, it's you know, w- we haven't had anything too extreme, but we've had a lot of fun topics over the years. I spoke last year on whether or not we live in the matrix and how we could tell. And if we do live in the matrix, how we could hack it. So we're, we're looking at revisiting that with an updated presentation this fall. Oh, yes. Please yeah. bring in Keanu Reeves, please. I would love to have him involved with that. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You know, talking about um, embeddables, I love that, too. I've actually, uh, uh, some friends of mine, Dr. Katina Michael and Dr. Michael Michael, although he goes by MC Michael, they came up and with the term ubervalence. They... Um, coined that phrase several years ago and they've written books on it but um, if you get a chance uh, Dr. Katina Michael has been my guest on my show I think three times now and and that's what we've talked about the embeddables they're from uh, Australia down at I gosh I can't remember the name of the the university down there but also Dr. Katina Michael is an ASU uh, Arizona State University professor as well just an fyi for you so and to our listeners who are wondering because it's just fascinating to me the embeddables and uh all the the privacy situations there and also the security too um here's something too i don't know if this will strike a chord with you because i think i'm older than you and maybe this is a, a person who you may not be familiar with but um Throughout the 1990s and early 2000s, there was a a person who went to all the security conferences, and his name was William H. Murray. And he went by Bill for short, so it was Bill Murray. And when I saw in your um, conference description there was a Bill Murray after party, my brain went directly to William H. Murray, and I thought, holy cow, he's still doing things because you know he he was getting a very kind of senior in his um career back in the 90s and early 2000s so i saw that bill murray after party and i thought wow is is he going to be there and then it finally dawned on me oh this is the groundhog day bill murray and caddyshack i think i mean maybe i'm wrong what is the bill murray after party well, I I don't know the gentleman you're referring to. I do know the one who was in Caddyshack. So okay. I don't know I don't know him personally, but this was just an interesting opportunity for uh, marketing. I think that oh. he has family in Leclerc. I think um, oh. one one town over. 
And so the thought was if we throw a party and put his name on it, because he does show up to weird things like weddings and crash them, that he might see, oh, they've got something and it's got my name on it. I think I'm just going to go and, you know, and he may show up um, (laughs) if he happens to be visiting family. But I I, I would say the chances are very low, but not zero. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I love that. Well, that's a great way to, to, try to attract people maybe we should put ashton kutcher's name on some things because you know he has relatives not too far away from there that's right (laughs) if anyone if anyone knows uh iowa uh or midwest uh, celebrities that they want to uh you know i i will i'll arrange a cameo at at corncon Yes, that would be so fun. Well, there's a lot of celebrities, especially if you're talking about politicians. I shouldn't have even brought that up because I don't really want any politicians there. But as you know, uh, we're overrun with uh, oh my, politicians yes. right now. Uh, so, so I know you do also. Uh, you've talked about the, the kids and the hacker camp and so on. But I'm wondering... Uh, you have other activities for the adult members, and I've seen, I think, some of the videos because you have a, a YouTube channel out there, and I, I watched a little bit of your – it's not Jeopardy. What do you call it? It's like a – ha- Well, we have Hacker Jeopardy. Yeah. Hacker Jacker- Jeopardy. Yeah, Hacker that's Jeopardy, right. which, is, which was, uh, as far as I know, first developed at uh, DEF CON, and Wynn Shortow hosted that for many years. And so Wynn and Aaron, who are – a uh, part of DEFCON's Hacker Jeopardy are here um, to put on Hacker Jeopardy for the kids on Saturday. Oh. We have a Hacker Jeopardy for kids, which we also did at, at the kids program at, at, at DEFCON um, for several years. Uh, Wynn and I would, would put that on uh, with Aaron and my friend Barry, and, and uh, we'd get the kids. And really cool thing with the kids doing Hacker Jeopardy, the adults, if they want to make up points, they drink beer. Well, we can't have kids drinking beer, right? So we decided there, there's a, a security vendor called Bug Crowd that had tins of uh, crickets and other bugs, and oh. just desiccated edible yeah. insects. Right. And so we took a bunch of those at DEF CON years ago and decided that we would make the kids earn more points because they're not good at betting. They're not good. They, they'll like 1,500 points, and they're like, and then some, somebody will go in, and then they don't say, you know, what is, right? Oh, and yeah. so, so they need to make up points, so we would make them eat bugs. And, uh, <laughs> and it would be funny to all of us and to the parents, but yeah. not as much to the kids. And now I'm a little bit sad that the kids just look at it and, and eat them and go, give me more. So I think we're looking for some grosser food this year. But anyhow, for the adults, I think we're going to go kind of with uh, Hunger Games. It's going to be the Corn Con Games. And, and I'm not sure what Aaron has in store for our Friday night um, activity. It may not be Hacker Jeopardy. It may be a different game. But we will have a game show at 5 p.m. on Friday and have uh, a winning team and prizes for, uh, um, for the participants. Um, so that's, that's kind of our, our, our game show. And then, you know, after, after that, if, if someone has a VIP badge, if they're a speaker, they'll get one. And if they, uh, um, and some of our key volunteers, uh, we have our speaker and VIP reception, which is going to be on a rooftop overlooking the Mississippi. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll have a, I ran the whole place out so that if we have people who have, uh, you know, kids under 21, they can still come and, uh, we'll have the kids, uh, school of rock, uh, <gasps> playing on the rooftop. And it. so it's just going to be a fun, a fun event. You know, they've got the fire pits outside and we'll have an open bar and, and hors d'oeuvres. And so that's our VIP and speaker uh, reception on Friday night. And then our, we have our, our Bill Murray after party, which will, which will be at, at an arcade bar, which I've also rented out. So we'll have pizza and open bar and unlimited tokens. And, uh, and so that'll be a, a, a fun event. So Wow. And probably probably cigars on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I might have to try to find some something to to uh, change my schedule here so I can stay Friday night. <laughs> so it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Um, I want to I want to just uh, mention quickly that we have another part of the program. We have our kids camp, which will have 150 you know, K through 12 students. We also have a high school uh, career day, a cyber career day that we put on on, on the Friday. So mm-hmm. the kids will get bussed in. We'll have, we'll have over 150 kids and their teachers that they get bussed in. We have a CTF, a capture the flag competition with prizes. Um, we have an exercise where, where they use a tool and they walk through sort of finding what career might fit them best in cybersecurity and then we have a diverse panel of cybersecurity experts that'll uh, talk to the kids and answer their questions about what you know, how they got to where they are, what a career in cybersecurity is like, and and uh, um, and then I I offer all the high school students and teachers if they'd like to attend um, Saturday, uh, they I'll give them free tickets to CornCon, um, wow. and so we this is all done through the nonprofit that I formed so that we could do more with an edu- with our educational mission, which is docent uh, Institute. And so docent um, puts on the high school event, but we're also doing it in Chicago. And so we're, we're doing one downtown and one in the suburbs the next day. And we're doing that in the spring and in the fall. And so if each of these has 150 high school students, that's potentially 600 high school students that we're reaching every year in the Chicago community. And so, you know, we're looking at how we can expand this. And uh, through the nonprofit, we're, we're also working on uh, starting up uh, uh, an apprenticeship program with the state of Iowa. So we have a lot of, a lot of good things that we want to do for the community, whether it's the young kids or the high school students to get them into the pipeline, um, college students, getting them jobs, or the, developing the professional's career. Right, right. So, gosh, that sounds great. I mean, uh, and going to Chicago, what are you going to call that con? Are you going to call it the uh, the high rise uh, con or Michigan well, con? Or no, we well, we're not going to. We're not. I'm not doing a conference. I'm just doing oh. the kids' portion. So oh, we'll I do see. we'll do this under the under the name of uh, Docent, and Docent. Uh, we okay. We still we still co brand uh, with. Uh, um, corn con, you know, for name recognition for now, okay. it's, it's one has more of a name recognition, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be part of the docent broader mission, uh, you know, beyond the, beyond Iowa. 
I love it. This is this is so great. I love all your educational activities, and it just truly does help to support uh, making our industry stronger, I believe. Um, we're already getting close to the end of our show here. So for my last question for you today, what is the primary point you want our listeners to take away from our discussion? Um, I don't know. Kind of the meta point might be, that what you said before about lifelong learning that around cybersecurity and privacy with the technology and the regulations and everything changing so fast, um, that we all have kind of a responsibility to stay aware of what's going on. And so if we understand a technology, if we understand cybersecurity, if we understand, you know, computers and things like that, that's our superpower. And we need to use that for good, not for evil. And so that's kind of our motto, Um, although I've stolen that, obviously, from other places and, and, you know, over the years. Um, I would say the other thing is our website is corncon.net. Yes. And, uh, you know, next year we're going to be, again, the first weekend, I think it's the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of October 2024. Um, It's a little bit too late. Um, By the time you hear this, Rebecca will have just given her... Uh, main stage presentation at CornCon 9, but we do hope that you can join us for CornCon uh, 10. Also, Docent is the nonprofit. If you want to learn more, our website is docent.org. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of information about the conference, the agenda, the speakers, uh, and the kids program uh, on our website. And I know that I, uh, uh, I try to do it's like I'm trying to do everything, you know, but yeah, <laughs> I, think we yeah. figured out, I think we figured out a good formula for being able to deliver content to, you know, to different groups effectively and, uh, and everybody gets together and it's just a really nice, it's a good, a good community. Um, uh, we talked about the kids, we talked about um, uh, giving back to society. And mm-hmm. I think if we want to attract young people to our profession, what we need to do is show them that, this is a not just a job that you can have, but a career that can be profitable, but it can also it's also going to contribute to make society better. And I think that's really something that uh, young people are looking for, and we can Absolutely. give them that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being my guest today, John. I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Yes, it was it was wonderful to be on your show. Thank you. Thanks. Today I've been discussing CornCon, and you can go see more about it at corncon.net. And we've also been talking about cybersecurity education in general with founder of CornCon, cybersecurity expert and educator, Dr. John Johnson. I hope you found the information interesting and useful. Did you take any actions from the information provided on this show? Let us know. I'm really curious to know. Do you have additional questions you'd like to hear me or perhaps a guest on my show answer? Send them in. As I mentioned earlier, I love getting your questions and I might cover them in an upcoming episode. You can contact me using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Until our next show, be privacy aware and cybersecurity savvy in the month ahead and consider going to CornCon. Maybe I'll meet you there. (laughs) Bye for now.
Thank you for tuning in this week. Data security and privacy with the Privacy Professor can be heard live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next time, stay safe. 